Welcome to episode 35 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This week we talked to Noah Stokes, Mother Futon himself. Uh, he used to run the Bold Agency, and now he's over at Creative Market building stuff for designers, which, I mean, is there any higher calling? <laughs> it is literally the most prestigious role in the world. If you didn't know, we are also uh, nominated for Podcast of the Year for the Net Awards. And if you haven't voted for us yet, we would really, really love your support. So if you're enjoying the show so far, go to designdetails.fm. That's our website. And there's a banner along the top where you can vote for us. We would really, really appreciate your support. So if you've been listening along and want to get us that vote. And if you have voted, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with your friends. Ah, yes. uh, even if they don't listen to the show, we can kind of squeeze that in. That'd be super great. Very nice. Um, also, if you have thoughts, feedback, complaints, comments, criticisms, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. We'd love to chat. Our DM inbox is open if you want to talk. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank our awesome, awesome sponsors. First one is a new one, Adobe. The 2015 release of Adobe's Creative Cloud just dropped this week. Uh, you can design websites and mobile apps. They're redesigning everything to make app design better because they know that not everyone is using it for photos. People are using it for interfaces. So they're adding tons of stuff. It all works with Creative Sync, which is awesome. So you can work on multiple devices seamlessly. And they just introduced Adobe Stock. So you can access millions of high quality images right inside Photoshop. Everyone I know used plugins for that before and now it's built in natively, which is incredible. They just added artboards, which is huge. Artboards are a huge part of my workflow and they're absolutely massive feature request for designers i'm sure uh they just added new asset exporting features which again huge uh huge performance improvements it's 10 times faster than cs6 which is insane <laughs> to me uh and you can now zoom up to 64,000 <laughs> percent that is like the greatest number i've ever seen that's needed uh, basically adobe is killing it with the 2015 release of creative cloud keep everything in sync across all your devices across your team uh amazing new features and tools so thank you so much to Adobe for sponsoring the show. So go to adobe.com, sign up for Creative Cloud. No one's working without Creative Cloud at this point, are they? No. If you're stuck on CS6, for heaven's sake, update to Creative Cloud. If you're on a retina display and you're not on Creative Cloud, for heaven's sake, upgrade. <laughs> for Brian's sake. For my sake, go to adobe.com. For design details sake. And get in there. Check out the new 2015 version of Adobe CC. Also, huge thank you to our second sponsor, once again, Dropbox. They are a free, easy way for designers like yourself to get more done. No matter where you are in the design process, whether you're getting started on something new or you're working on an existing project, Dropbox keeps your work safe. They keep your files and all of your designs safe in the cloud, so if anything ever happens to your computer, you're not starting from scratch. All of your designs and mocks are synced to all of your devices, phones, tablets, your work computer, all of my design projects, all of our audio files, all of my photos, all of everything are on Dropbox. And I couldn't imagine my life without it. Like 250 gig hard drive, terabyte in the cloud. I don't even have to sync it all. I can just leave it there and trust that it's there. There's version control, which is huge. It's so much better than a normal hard drive. Like why wouldn't you want to use it? If you're not using Dropbox already to at least store your stuff. They also have been introducing some really awesome collaboration tools like a new commenting feature, which gives people a central place to post their thoughts on your design work, on your mockups. So you can get a consensus and other thoughts from designers and non-designers all in a central place. You don't need to send a dozen emails. Uh, anyone can comment and it's all gonna stay right alongside your design work. And they can be on huge files without you having to actually send the file. Yep. 
So if you've ever struggled with that with email, Dropbox takes care of it. If you want to learn a little bit more, go to dropbox.com and learn how they can make your design life so much easier. Or your real life, just your normal life. Or your normal life, your entire life, everyone's life. The whole life. Dropbox is awesome. And we really appreciate them supporting the podcast. So go to dropbox.com. Thank you, Dropbox. And with that, let's get into episode 35 with Noah Stokes. What are you working on now? Right now I'm working at Creative Market. And so I'm a senior product designer there and I'm doing all the things. Creative Market has been around for three years, got acquired by Autodesk, makers of AutoCAD, um, which probably has like an auto version, AutoCAD Auto. They've got a zillion versions of the software. Um, but the website's um, been around for three years. They're, they're growing. They just hit a million users. Uh, you know, and as a former uh, studio owner, but been in the design industry for 12 or 13 years, uh, admittedly never used Creative Market. And now that I'm there, uh, it's blown my mind how many great assets and resources are available for like under 10 bucks. That can really, if if what we're calling design now is a photo with some text over it, there's a lot of great looking fonts <laughs> on Creative Market Whoa, that, that you could buy. There was some deep level snark in there about offend someone, to troll somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible the assets that are available. Um, but the, one of the reasons I I love working there is that there are people um, we just talked about today. There's there's probably several hundred people, maybe more, that make a living off of creative market, like a good living off of creative market, which is really cool um, in startup terms that this company's doing something that is helping others pursue their passions that they love and make a living at it. Um, so it's an exciting place to be. It's three years old, which is design wise. So as a product designer, you know, that's like a decade in internet years. Um, so it's time for um, breathe some new life into it and and they're ramping up so after the acquisition they're they're you know we're, we're hiring now if anybody's looking for product designer role we're hiring for a couple of those positions and um yeah so it's kind of an exciting place to be a good graduation for me from uh a decade of of client services project work to to product you know yeah so yeah. you're explaining before we started recording but why did you end up going to creative market uh, there's a couple of reasons. Um, one of them was just feeling like uh, it was time for a change. Um, the other one was kind of sensing a shift in uh, studio culture or studio just kind of the way things are. So my studio at the most was five people. Um, but, you know, some of the larger ones we saw Happy Cog go through a pretty significant downsizing, shutting down their Austin office. Um, T. Hanlax, you know, we mentioned them. They were closing their doors and things are getting, things are getting weird out there. Companies are, it seems weird to say, but I feel like companies are going, Hey, this internet thing, we should just hire some people for this. Um, and so a lot of jobs are going in house. And so a lot of work is, is starting to dry up. And I wanted to be a little bit ahead of that curve if that was definitely the way that was going to be going. So, so you were doing a lot of like front end development stuff too, right? Yeah, we did everything end to end. We do design, uh, development, CMS, custom build outs, whatever. Okay. And that's whatever bold is what yeah, it's called, right? Bold is the name of the company. Yeah. So, uh, my partner, uh, and I had kind of briefly, we had been, we had been chatting about this idea of, Hey, what's next? What should we do? And, uh, the same week, but he and I both, you know, kind of had outside contacts reach out to us and we both took two different jobs. Um, so he's working for a company in Texas. I'm working here with creative market and, 
our designer Derek, who was with us at the time, he's he's still freelancing and and doing great. Um, but everything ended really well, as as well as could be expected, which was nice, you know. Uh, so yeah, it I, sounds like I things like rounded it. off pretty smoothly, which is awesome. yeah, definitely, you know. And it was the right move, you know. Uh, to be completely candid, I've had maybe under a dozen work inquiries come through since I shifted over about two months ago, and it it wouldn't it wouldn't have been, like we. You know, things that's, that's less than we, we would we would normally get. So things had, had been slowing up for sure. I know it's still pretty new, but what's your impression so far of being like an in-house product designer versus the, the client work you've been doing? Um, well, if they're... Li- <laughs> it's weird. So my, my reservations were having a boss. I'm mm-hmm. um, having to answer to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Very common. Yeah, that was after so long I'm not doing that. I was like, oh, how's that going to go? Um, being somebody who ran a shop, I want a sense of ownership on things. Um, and so I expressed all of those things, um, to leadership, uh, when they brought me on and it's been great, you know, um, especially even in terms of the acquisition, Autodesk lets creative market operate pretty autonomously. They're, they, they're not meddling with, with what we do or, you know, prompting us to, to meet certain metrics or anything like that. Um, but it's been it's been cool, you know. What I'm trying to do right now is put into practice all, all of the um, things that I learned about hiring good employees and what I feel like a good employee is and should be. And so I'm trying to do that and trying to be a good employee for now my employer. Um, so yeah, you know. But I'm, I'm two months in. You know, the first month is is getting up to speed, and um, you know, so we're just starting to get our feet wet here. But I, I like it. This is this is the next evolution. I feel like lots of people. I, I don't know if you started in product or if you if you did client services beforehand, but I, I haven't done client. Brian, well, how, Brian, how many jobs have you had before? I freelanced in college. Okay, and yeah. then got a product job. So you're probably yeah. a guy who like built websites when you were ten. You know, mm. he's still ten. I started when I was fifteen. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, you know, the, even in college for me, the internet wasn't. It was it was around, but it was there was nothing, mm-hmm. and then Napster hit, but. There was no high-speed internet unless you were on campus, which I was not. So I never really paid attention. So I feel like I missed everything by five years or something. If I was a little bit younger, I would have found this sooner. But I kind of stumbled into this. This isn't, I didn't study anything like this. You know, it's all self-taught kind of stuff. So Sure. One of the things people seem to be really excited about uh, in a product role is just getting to work on one thing for a little bit longer period and yeah. like go through multiple iterations yeah. is that something exciting for you or did you enjoy the client like project done project done? run 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 yeah <laughs> the the so client part's fun in that it's uh new challenges all the time um you have to refocus your mindset into um you know the challenge of okay this iteration didn't work on this particular element or whatever on the page and and redoing that so um just today we had a review of this past quarters and the a b tests and the ones that worked the ones that didn't and um that stuff is is fascinating to me because in client services a lot of times you just handed the site off and it's gone right and they their team managed it or or whatever you know in some in some cases we had relationships moving forward but in some we didn't so you didn't really know like was that the right design decision at that point I don't right. know because mm-hmm. the client's taken it and it's gone. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to kind of doing that stuff. I think it's, uh, it's a different mindset. It's yeah. a little bit more, uh, you know, if I could be so bold to say like, it's a little bit more of a mature mindset instead of, 
you know, if being you like, it, so has, it has to look so pretty, <laughs> you know, it has to be pretty, you know, it, it, yeah. and now it's like, well, it looks ugly, but that's what, that's what gets the most conversions. So yeah. that's what we're going with. That It solves the problem. Yeah. 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 Everyone, there's this, like, the, like this misconception that design is all about looks when it really shouldn't be. Like if you're, if right. you're doing your job really well, it, it should be about a lot more than that. Yeah. If that at all. Yeah. So good that you don't notice it. So you, you did bold for 10 years? No, I did bold for six years oh. and, and I was at That's a, a good run. another studio. Yeah, man. Is it? is a long time and it, and it you know what's you know what's cool about that world is that uh and even just this whole world in general um i was mentioning this to zach tonight like everybody is zach so McMahon. cool and so uh helpful you know like there were so many other little small studios weight shift or paravel or super friendly that when they had a job they couldn't do they'd be like hey do you do you have any availability mm-hmm. i got this client over here or um, you know, you'd, you'd split the work and be like, can you do the design? We'll do the development. Um, but it was, it's just such a cool community. Um, and everybody's looking out for everybody else, you know, like there was never a shortage of work. Um, you know, up until maybe this year, I feel like things started drying up for a lot of people. Um, but there was never a shortage of work or a sense of competition between everybody. Um, so it was, it was very cool. And, and it was, uh, you know, uh, cool to be a part of that for a while. From your perspective, why do you think it was drying up this year? I just think people are bringing stuff in-house. I think our clients or customers are bringing stuff in-house or they've did the website and they think that'll last for another decade. You know? (laughs) (laughs) One and done. Ignorance on... It's sad. You know, yeah. Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it is what it is. If it meets their business goals, I mean, can't really fault them. I'm yeah. sure it could be better. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so we just we just did one for Biggie Cranes, one of our last projects, which is. Do you know anything about cranes? I didn't know anything about cranes. These, they build themselves. Well, these are like million dollar cranes, and and Biggie owns, like all of them, and so every crane that you see is like rented, <laughs> just you know, all of the cranes through Biggie, and some of these cranes there's like three in the world, but that's all that they need because there's no there's. At one given time, there's not three construction projects that would need such a crane, you know. And so we build this website for them, and um, we finish it, and we launch it, and their in-house team takes over, and they have like four or five people dedicated to SEO, online marketing, uh, conversions. You know, it's it's unreal because like all of their business comes in. So when you search for cranes, like Biggie dominates that market you know and it and you would think like a crane company because their old website which actually had really good conversions was the ugliest thing you've ever seen but it totally worked so we relaunched this one that looked really good i thought and conversions went down and they were they were panicking you know and so we made improvements you know to the areas that we needed to and got them back up to par but they had a team in-house so they needed somebody outside to put it on to a new cms and to give it a new look and feel to make it responsive so we did all that and then they took over from there you know, so with, with a normal client that may have just been an engagement that continued to go on and on, but, uh, people have in-house guys for that now. So can you share why the conversion went down? Yeah, we were serving pages with angular and we weren't, um, rendering all the pages for the bots. So we added, I forget the name of it. Uh, so pre-render or something thing. like that. Got it. Um, so, uh, URLs changed. Um, so stuff needed to be re-indexed, um, in a lot of cases, um, you know, 
it's interesting because that type of clientele, they don't care about design. They just, you know, like if you could pack it all into one page, they'd probably prefer that, you know. Um, they just, so they just a want the audience too. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, well, I mean, the people who want cranes, they're just like, just give me the crane. I don't need. We built an <laughs> elaborate quote system that we thought was really elegant. And those people don't care about that. You know, they, it was probably too much of an experience for them to handle. I, no. <laughs> Whoa. What's the minute mark on that? That's too much that. good user experience. <laughs> they're used. You know, I'm, I'm just stop. I'm gonna stop. Okay. Next question. And what were you doing before Bolt? Um, before Bold, I worked at a, a, a little mom and pop sh- shop that did web stuff for like uh, mid-sized businesses. So it was like internal spreadsheets for Wells Fargo sales team and, and kind of boring stuff like that. Um, but they hired me with no experience. So that was kind of where I got to cut my teeth. You know, they would take a job and be like, is there be no Java? Okay, well, we just sold a Java job. So somebody like brush up. And so it was a chance just to like learn anything and everything. And it was no commute. And so that was kind of a plus too, mm-hmm. you know, for me. So, and you were there for quite a while, right? I was there for four or five years. So that's when I, uh, no, that was, I guess that was after, but I mean, I was, I was trying to get into this industry, trying to be a designer. I was horrible at that and, um, started doing front end stuff. And so I knew enough to be dangerous on, and they, they kind of let me work there for a while and, until I built up enough of a clientele on my own doing side work that. Um, I figured I could do better on my own. So all web stuff. All web. I have a degree in engineering. I worked at Apple and Palm and uh, those two places for a while before they were, I mean, Palm was never cool, but before Apple was cool, you know, Palm was cool for a minute. Like the original pre Palm OS. Yeah. Yeah. Web OS. So I was there with pre, but no, like we're talking like this is before you guys are born. Like the, (laughs) (laughs) the Palm one drive. Do you remember the one drive? Nope. It was like an iPhone. It was it was this giant touchscreen that had like a gigabyte of storage, which was unheard of. Um, and you know, I'm like, this is this is incredible. There's there was no iPhone. This is like 2004 or something, and, and it was awesome. But Palm being they were so cheap that they put USB one into it. So to transfer a gig over USB one took like two hours to fill up your thing with music. So it was just it was. You know, and then they shipped the Treo, which if you remember was kind of I like, remember the Treo. And that had no Wi-Fi built in. Wi-Fi is totally prevalent. Like on every device, they don't put it in. And so they just, they're just stupid. They're stupid management, <laughs> stupid people. And so it was where Apple engineers would go to die because it was just innovation was dead there. I hated, hated that. So that's what I actually, when I worked at Palm is when I started learning how to do web design and coding. I would just not do Palm work and I'd just view source on pages that I like and <laughs> learn how to code. Do you want to get back into any sort of mobile design development? No, no. I like the web better. Um, the constraints on mobile seem interesting and, and, but I, I, I'm not that interested in it. Okay. Yeah. Not interesting enough. It's not that it's not interesting enough. I'm just not like your site. So design details, like I'm not, I don't love it enough to be like, Oh, I got to check out this new thing. Like I have, you know, two pages of iPhone apps and that's it. I don't have anything. I checked my email on it. Mm-hmm. I used Uber today with it. But other than For the that, first time, even, first Uber. First Uber, yeah. Other than that, I don't, I'm not that interested in it. But you still watch WWDC? Well, because I'm a fanboy. <laughs> okay. You know. So Fair when enough. were you at Apple? Um, I think 2001 or 2002. 
Oh, that's a good that's, time. Yeah, that was a great time. The iPod Mini came out while I was there, and the second generation iPod came out while I was there. My first project was the very first 17-inch MacBook, or what would we call it, the PowerBook back then. So that was the very, very first project I worked on, which is cool. They all come in like a plexiglass case that's like this tall, and like all the parts are just kind of like spread out in the case. And that's what you work. You never see the final form factor. Like you just work on this huge clunky thing. Wait, what do you? So you were in industrial design? No, I was. I was just part of the quality uh, quality engineering team. Ah. So I'm working with this hardware and existing software or existing third party peripherals, and we're making sure that we didn't blow anything up in between. It was, was mind numbingly boring, but it, you're at Apple, you know. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool place to be, but I wouldn't. I worked there for two years and then stopped. I, that was it. Yeah. So what do you think about Apple now? Like, that seems like a pretty huge shift. So I was telling Brian, I feel like you root for them when they were the underdog and you wanted them to be, you know, you wanted them to kick Microsoft's ass pretty much and own everything. And over time they've done that. And now that they dominate everything, it's not as exciting anymore, I feel like. I feel like there's they can impress you with more and more and you're like, yeah, I kind of expect that you guys, you know, there's not that big, like iPhone pull the, you know, the trick out of your sleeve and like, take that, you know, like they've done it all. And so I don't know. And I feel like innovation. I mean, you guys have the watch. I don't, it seems cool, but I don't know. I thought the same with the iPhone. It's really useful. I love it. But that won't surprise anyone listening. I've, I've raved about it enough. Um, I resisted for a month and then, Real long time. Caved in, and now I love it, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, so you're I, wearing a watch. I'm wearing a watch. I like watches, but I don't like square watches. But I understand why it's not round. Do you ever play video games? No. No? It, Apple kind of reminds me of, like, the end game, where after a while, like, you're, like, trying to, like, win the whole time, and then suddenly you just kind of win, and it's like, okay, I can keep playing, but what's the point? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what you feel like, and you still like them, but you're not... It's just not as interesting anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of the same thing over and over. Hey, guys, right. check it out. We fucking destroyed everything. Right. Pretty dope. <laughs> was there anything that you liked about... The intro. <laughs> so the intro was good, and then... And <laughs> I'm, then the... I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip the stats. We're doing great. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like the... The, the intro was the, interesting. The intro Abed intro. rapping was amazing. <laughs> With but, Bill Hader, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When he started rapping, I was like, oh... But then when they, <laughs> but then when they they got to the you know the laptop on the thing, and the music started to play, and you know, uh, that, that's when I it yep. kind of redeemed itself for me there. Well, it was like making fun of all the like ridiculousness yeah. at his Samsung events. It was great. Yeah. No, it was good. That's good. I, I just felt like it. I felt like a lot of it was not like I said dad jokes and like I felt like a lot of it was not, uh, the kind of the polished Apple that we're used to. Yeah, it it felt like too friendly like yeah too casual guys we're not buddies right. we like you but we're not buddies i don't want to be i just want to give you my I money i don't care about your karaoke photos <laughs> it's great that you can search for them though i mean i'm assuming that's an album called karaoke and if you spelled it wrong it would not find it but it's, <laughs> it's a good demo right after io right yeah i don't know what you're gonna do it's okay i don't know how do you like you put the thing on your phone yeah he's got ios 9 you can't talk about that you put redacted on your phone <laughs> It was beep. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, I actually can't talk about it? You can. You can't review it. I 
can't legally say. You can't, can't right now. You can't tell us what you think of out it. Out of 10 stars, I give it a. You can say what you saw on the screen. You can't really like say how good it is. Okay. Okay. So they introduced this navigation pattern where they take over the status bar with like a back two. So I saw that in the screen. Upper left corner. If I'm in Twitter and you send me a text and I get like the notification at the top uh-huh. and I click that. Yeah. The status bar says go back to Twitter. So instead of doing the double tap, navigate back to the old app. It's just one tap. Which so, but is that that's not if you reply like on the little pull down notification. That's if you click right. if, if you, you go you into messages. Apps, yeah, yeah. That's that's useful. And it's at first glance, I I really hate what they did because it's, at a, first it's a glance, tiny, I tiny tiny button, and it covers up valuable data that is your like internet connection. I actually have no that. idea if they'll keep it, but the one interesting use I case... I hope they fix it. I hope they do like that little pop-down thing. That'd be great. Well, hopefully I can talk about it if we get in trouble then. There was a flow today where you do uh, like two-factor authentication and uh, the app says open Google Authenticator. Google Authenticator like slides on top of my current app. It doesn't switch the app. That's cool. So it slides in and then I hit the top left like back to app when i get my code and it slides off to the that right. sounds like an extension um no it opened the app a sheet it was weird well, it was well, like, really weird the extensions went like if you use a photo editing extension in ios 8 it'll come in on top of the app you're on mm-hmm. and then leave and mm-hmm. just leave the result behind that's what it sounds like but maybe i mean i could be totally it, wrong it seemed like the app coming in but anyways that was a nice flow where it's like you're not double tapping scrolling over app double tapping go these are really minor things. This is like really yeah, but this is about polish, incremental right? I mean, things. Like yeah, the yeah. polish. I mean, if, if I could have one password do that for me, that'd be great. If I could just have it slide in, grab my login stuff, have yeah. it pop back out, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because I completely too often am like home, one password, double tap back Isn't into the there app. An extension for one password? There is it, but you have to actually implement it yourself. I mean, like actually, if I, they don't implement it, then I. Fucked, you know well yeah. you know what i heard today hmm. uh my coworker says apps have to get approval from one password to actually use one password it's not even about integrating it it's that one password has to say we will support your app to integrate it oh that's kind of a different stance i think what you think one password is taken over are they like the authority and passwords LastPass is still pretty prominent yeah i think one password is doing some nice is. product stuff with that level of integration yeah um, Anyways, I don't know how far we want to go down this iOS 9. I don't know anything about passwords. I use the same one for everything. I'm really excited about you San Francisco You should not have said everywhere. that. <laughs> it's one, two, three, change me. <laughs> Someone's going to check that. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco. It looks everywhere. nice. The The kerning and the spacing is kind of weird, but That's, I think okay. it'll get yes, tweaked. It's weird. Especially on the the expanded whatever it is. Have you seen that? There's like a wider one and there's a compressed one it looks like. A condensed in a typeface? Yeah. San Francisco? It's, it's not like... I haven't paid attention. Like, it seems like there's probably like three to five variants, and they kind of change them around. But yeah, the expanded one has really bad spacing issues. Yes, it's bad. But I don't know. Sorry, we're okay. like totally just getting off track here. No, it's exciting. San Francisco. San Francisco. No more Helvetica Noya. I will be so happy. Is it Noya? Is it new? Has anybody so this? depends on how pretentious you want to sound. I think Dieter Rams said it was Noya or Eric Speckerman or someone like that. Did he make it? 
I don't know. I think it's a German word. Does he know? I think it's an actual German word. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the new keyboard is actually probably my favorite. I thing. think it's Helvetica. Helvetica Neue. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go say that. That's what it is. <laughs> you walk coworkers. around and keep doing that. Yeah, that'll get you fired. Well, okay, so you're not really into the mobile design stuff. So what are you excited about going on in the web world of design? And I'm design? not excited about anything Nothing. in the web world. Interesting. That's has the it, second time Has I've it heard ever that. been this ugly? out there you're not excited about any technologies anything just but technology you're just sure. sick of the websites yeah. really I'm sick of the websites let's talk about it well, i think responsive web design's kind of ruined the web whoa that's a wow that's a hard stance i think that people it's a new thing people learned it and the easiest way was to grab bootstrap and make your website but how many responsive websites all look the same and so i feel like we've lost creativity we've kind of lost our sense of a website having any soul or presence and uh, i kind of applaud websites that aren't responsive now for because they don't need to be or for whatever reason like the new stripe ios app launched today do you see their splash page it's not responsive although it i opened it on my phone and it was fine it's fine on a phone but it's like it's 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 just smarter than responsive um what's the word that, that people used to say not responsive but fluid no which is basically responsive. <laughs> it would basically, it wouldn't respond to that, but if you hit at that specific screen size, it would load a different stuff. Oh, got it. Um, Maybe it's using like React or something. But people are getting lazy and, and you know, in the name of, because they don't know. This, it was, my best guess is, is that front-end guys, they don't know enough, and so they're still figuring it out. And so when you bring a beautiful design, they go, I can't make that responsive. It just has to be three boxes, boxes and grids. That's all we need. And I feel like that's boring. And, and the web that I grew up in was beautiful. Every blog was your personal portfolio and every detail you obsessed over. And every you know. And so when you would discover those, you'd just get lost in these blogs for days. And now it's, it's all boring, I feel like. So the web is boring. People used to have fun with layout, and now it's all horizontal squares that collapse. Yeah, because right. that's what you know how to do but you could do you could do better just nobody's trying i feel like i think it's getting better some people are there's more interesting layouts that are responsive i mean i i see where you're coming from um i like boxes yeah <laughs> i like i love grids where do you i disagree? love them so much I, they, I mean they make like it's good design sense but and you know to a certain extent like people just understand that they understand that hierarchy and that and it makes sense but I, i'm as a person who loves to look at good design, I feel like we're not even making the boxes look good. Like there's just a lack of, and flat, you know, the flat trend is, is kind of, I don't know if it was pushed in by responsive because it's like, well, you can't really make this image, a background image and have it be responsive. That's not going to work. So let's just make it a color, a solid color. And so flat design is kind of, can be good, but people aren't even putting effort into flat Lazy design. flat design is bad. Lazy flat design. I feel like it most, not most, but a lot of stuff. Google, um, what do they call material it? Material design? material design is somewhat flat, but but not. I feel like that's flat with some thought behind it. I mean, I know they the use individual elements lot, are flat. Yeah. But, yeah, but they use shadows to show hierarchy and yep, stuff like right. that. That's that's more interesting than just flat flat. My favorite part about material design is how they define the shadows, and I've said this a few times. It's like you just define what order things are in and and how high they are above each other and it, it puts in the shadows for you you don't right. manually do them it's great that's clever yeah it's consistent they yeah. can't they can't really fuck with it when's the last time when's the last time you saw a good site something that was like wow that's well, beautiful i like stripe i like stripes landing pages um the one they had today yeah 
And, that and one? the stuff Bill Labus has been doing has been really awesome. Who? Bill Labus. I'm not familiar. He's, I think he's pretty new over there. He actually rides a monster too. Stripe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got a good design team there. Yeah, Malta and Ben DeCock and yeah. I mean, there's certainly like a lot of more of the same coming out, but I'm wondering if that's necessarily bad if you are creating something that's comfortable and easy, like people are getting really familiar with these navigation patterns. Is that so bad? It's not bad. I just think it's boring. So that's just one man's opinion. No, I'd like to see people be more creative. Okay. And there's an argument to be made for like, well, Hey, we've got like these patterns, these are established and people are familiar with them and that's great too. But how do we get there? Like we experimented to a certain extent and, um, I'd like to see us keep trying for better stuff. You know, I I feel like, Sheer volume also makes it hard to be different all the time. Yeah. And and the uh, speed of like MVP, that whole MVP mindset also definitely for like enforces yeah. simplicity. Yeah. And ultimately, to be honest, it probably does not matter. Like if you were to AB good design and bad design, but same, you know, boxes and it wouldn't matter. I don't mm. think it matters to us, people who appreciate good design. But uh, to the general public, you know, who buy... Ford Tauruses, they don't care. <laughs> Ford makes a lot of money on Tauruses. Yeah. yeah. So there's a reason why. There's people like ugly websites. So you're not excited about the way websites look. What about some of the technologies? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, technology. Um, yeah, I, I'm. Um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a late adopter because I feel like you know, you could get big into Angular and then they go 2.0 and change the API and everybody goes, well, I'm onto React and I'm onto the whatever. So it's, you have a hard time, you know, you guys don't remember Prototype and Scriptaculous, do you? I remember like, Scriptaculous. This stuff was, bef- it was Prototype was made by a guy, I think over at 37 Signals and jQuery and they were like head to head. And jQuery, I felt like was written for designers. This is a long time. So, but in prototype to write, to write the same code that you'd write in jQuery was infinitely harder. And I felt like that made you more of a man. John Rezig. Well, Rezig did, he did jQuery. He did jQuery, but look yeah. up prototype JavaScript framework. And then Scriptaculous was around and that was made to add effects like animations or something. Sam Stevenson. Sam Stevenson. So... That was like a battle, and I was on the wrong side of the fence. I was a big prototype fan because I was like, that's what real programmers use. Um, but then you kind of saw the writing on the wall, and I moved over to jQuery, and that was the right move. Um, but I feel like, so I'm, I'm, I say all that, to, I'm, I'm a late adopter to all these things. Like, I wait to see what's going to okay. really play out. And so, um, like, I, I only got into CSS preprocessors like a year or so mm-hmm. ago. And that's all I do is write CSS or it's all I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it would be remiss of me to rely on a preprocessor to do all my work. If crunch time came and I needed to code on windows machine and notepad, you know, I still need to know how to do it. And so I wanted to keep my mind fresh and sharp. So I'd still write everything by hand. And then I learned SAS and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I love SAS so much. Yes, yes, it's a, I don't know why, you know, I should have switched earlier. But I feel like I picked the right one. I don't know. What do you think? SAS is beating less, or I don't know. Uh, so we were just talking to Atfat today at lunch, um, and he was telling us about post CSS and how that's the new hotness. Right. 
There's all that <laughs> well, let's say to prove your point. Bootstrap four is going to be written in SAS, which is a. Pretty... Are we still doing Bootstrap? That's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean, a that's a pretty solid endorsement for SAS. We use less at Buffer, but yeah. I... they use less at Creative Market too. It's all more or less the same, right? I mean, different syntax. I use the exact same features whether I use less or SAS, which right. is nesting and variables. See, that's, that's you what don't I use mixins or functions or anything like that. No. Oh, uh, well, I use some of the math stuff for like color, but that's it. I love the math functions. Yes. Those mm. are nice. Yeah. I use them for typography. Hierarchy. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's about as far as I go. Some mix-ins, but variables, nesting. It just felt like the, the right way to organize your code. Mm-hmm. Yep. So much nicer. Nesting when done not crazily, which... <laughs> right. Bem, well, that's what, BEM with nesting deep. works so well. Oh, I love it so much. But it has to be like individual modules you can't fuck around with doing like one-offs it has to be small i don't know what you're talking about i'm talking Bem? about i'm talking about indenting like yeah me too oh 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 oh, oh okay so ampersand I'm with underscore I'm with ampersand I'm with hyphen I'm with yeah it's okay. great what <laughs> i was con- yeah um you can them yeah b-e-m yeah yeah block and modifier right yeah i i'll uh nest things that? yeah yeah I, it's a good way to keep it um, yeah. manageable when you're handing it off, especially, I find, which is super useful. I hand it off to other front-end engineers all the time, which is great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Are you? I haven't touched anything post-processing CSS. I don't know. I feel like you. there's something to just still like, man, I'm just I'm writing straight up, you know. I don't know what post-CSS is at all. <laughs> I know. I'm actually Googling this right now. This is just crazy. <laughs> it's, um, well, what did... What did your guys? What did you guys say today about it? He was telling us uh, that it was like plugins after the fact. It lets you kind of choose which elements you want in your CSS. So oh, that's kind of clever. I want this. So maybe syntax, you could like reduce the reduce the weight of the yeah. style sheet. Well, he's saying like the only thing that matters to him is that it's the smallest it could be when he's done with it. Yeah. So, so what do you think about um, performance? And it's. I mean, it's important, right? Also, the goal important. based on what kind of site it is. It, it's all about what kind of site it is yeah or who your audience is of course right I mean, but i mean he's working on bootstrap it, it has to be small bootstrap, it has to be small i loved the discussion that came out after facebook did instant articles uh-huh. did you see that yeah and there was like two ways the discussion went one is people were super excited because uh it puts pressure on the rest of the web to be faster right because now we're competing with instant articles right and then the second side of that <laughs> they're like cheating though right Yes, <laughs> they're cheating. But the other side of that, which is somewhat related, is like, why do we have to resort to that, to Facebook building out this huge instant articles infrastructure? Why aren't all of our websites just fast? Isn't, like, isn't that kind of what uh, Apple's doing with their new news thing? Yeah, that seemed like a direct kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so then there's like this huge discussion about like performance and optimization, like really like how much of this stuff do we need like how much can we strip away and make this actually fast where right. an instant article is no different than opening an article right? so there's a couple of things there because i feel like performance is weighed in on then like oh well you shouldn't if you can't make your if you can't make everything hex colors it shouldn't be part because of performance right so then i'm like oh it's gonna make stuff more ugly because of performance but at the same time you know facebook is preloading i guess three four megabytes and the, we could do that you know, like you could just call up and, you know, the page loads and you could just 
start preloading when they hover over a particular article and hope they click that one and ditch it later. Or I mean, whatever that stuff's been around for so long. Right, you could do it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, on one hand, it's like, wow, that's so fast. Yeah, but if we're thinking about performance or you're thinking about, you're concerned about the people who have a 200 megabyte plan There's on 3G. There's always the other side of performance. Right, right yeah. There's, that doesn't work for them. It doesn't. So, um, I don't know. My thoughts on the whole thing has just been like, well, whoever your customers are, you know, like if your clients are people that, you know, uh, have the bandwidth, shoot, dude, do whatever you want. Make it look pretty. Load up as much data as you want to. I don't care. Um, but if you're serving like, you know, folks in Africa who are on 3G or less and crappy old Nokia phones, then optimize for them. Yeah. You know, Facebook, I mean, Facebook's everywhere. So that that's a different challenge altogether. But they seem to have all these different explorations into like paper or different, you know, things that they try out. Um, but my guess is the main kind of news feed or whatever the main thing is with Facebook. Well, they just launched Facebook Lite as well, which is oh, really? targeted towards that. Oh, that's case. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like just totally stripped away. Yeah. Like no shadows, no, I think they even do something with images. So if Facebook didn't preload everything, there'd be nothing impressive about it. Right. Uh, I mean, instant articles, instant articles. What would be, because what are you, are you referencing that what Gruber said? Like, Oh, maybe this will like put pressure on people on the web to like, yeah. I don't know if he meant like improve our technologies so that we're serving stuff up faster. But the whole thing was, was that they're just cheating. So it's not, but they're cheat. They're still cheating in a way that puts pressure on the rest of us. No. Yes. Not at all. Unless you want to make a a, a native app that serves your website. <laughs> if, if I'm not a preferred partner for Facebook Instant Articles, and someone's scrolling through their newsfeed and they see an Instant Article or mine, and there's actually a conscious decision like, oh, mine that person's is going to load slower, so they don't click mine. That that's pressure on me to make my website faster and have that be. Or is it to be a preferred partner? Well, yeah. It's to get on their program. It's not to fix your wouldn't website. Wouldn't that be ideal? But no, not everyone has that bandwidth, right? So I, I'm with you. Maybe they're just doing the whole thing to make more money. Yeah. If, if you're making the decision before they even click through your website, like if they can see that it's not a preferred partner, then, I mean, it has nothing to do with your website speed. It has to do with, oh, it doesn't have that badge or whatever it is. I've 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 actually never tried these instant articles, but I'm assuming there's a badge of some sort, something telling you that it's there. Mm, it might have a different UI like to tap into. I can't remember. No. I, I think that the answer is build as much as you need and nothing more, and then it'll be as fast as it can be. That's the argument, is Gruber's saying we've built more than we need and we need to take it back. Gruber only knows how to work in grayscale. I could also be... <laughs> it could also not be Gruber. I read a ton of posts about this. Um, but that was articles. Like, we're getting just so carried away with, like, React and loading up Angular. Like, why are we... Frameworks are great, but they add overhead on yeah. and on. Okay, right? good talk. Bryn's done with me. <laughs> so no, what I'm do you think? I mean, cause, cause, so data will show like people will bail on a slow loading site. Mm-hmm. Personally, how many websites do you bail on if they're loading slow? If it's a site that you regularly visit and it's having a bad day, are you going to bail on it? Depends. Really? And I'm also biased because we live here. I don't live. Do you have fiber here? Uh, no, but the internet's good enough. The internet in this city sucks. WebPass is good. Yes. Everything else is terrible. That's what I'm talking about. I get, I'll, I get, you get web internet pass. here. Yes. I get shit internet at my house. I get shit internet at work. This city's internet is so broken. It's so bad. So it's crazy. But do you I bail? Don't so, it. Bren, do you bail on the side if it's loading too slow? I mean, if if it just doesn't load, 
but I, I understand right. how it works. I like five seconds. What do they say? After three seconds, if it hasn't loaded, people will bail on you. It depends on how much I want it. So I want to, I mean, I'm curious because I'd say in most cases, I don't bail it, on a website. Right. And I never do if it's one, but, but if you think about it, okay, what's well, a site that you've never visited before. So now it's a potential new customer or reader or whatever it is. If I see that it then won't load because, it sense. because I can see in the lower left hand corner, it's because it's loading ads and they're just like holding it up. I'm like, eh, fuck it. Really? Then you bail on it. Yeah. If it's not like a regular read for you, if if it's but just you could, ads you holding went up to it, you went to it. So there's some. I mean, I feel like the numbers are wrong, and people will wait. Hmm. I, I feel, I feel like, like we're all on forget. a similar page. Like, Maybe. in general, websites should be fast, right? Like well, that's is that's they, the they goal. shouldn't be slow by default. Like if if we're like let's build them to be slow, that's that's a bad thing. Right, but if it's not as fast as instant articles, I don't think it. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into. We need to keep up with them. They're not tricking people. People are not going to forget that the internet exists because of instant articles. I know. It's, yeah, but it created this discussion of. It's you know, the first step. It's pushing in, us. In is this where things are going? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we could all preload. We could preload the whole website in the background while you're browsing the home. If Safari, if Safari just serves like default css on you then that's where it's going but until then, oh i mean i mean that's a reader view right that's what they built and yeah. you can get that if people want that they can just hit a button and they have it maybe every website should just be reader view well now with Saf- uh, uh what is it sf safari view something like that i don't know now you can build them into your apps and that's great okay yeah wow that was a tangent performance it's a good it's a good tangent it's i mean it's a valid argument yeah i mean I'm not one to like add flash to something unnecessarily. I like to believe that if I'm putting something on a page, it has a reason to be there. Mm. Actually, let's, let's. I'll design things nicely, but I'm not going to add a bunch of crap to it. No, a way in here. Okay. At what level do you add visual ornamentation? Is there ever. UI jewelry. Is there a case for adding UI ornamentation on top of an already functioning app? For example. In the in the Stripe, this is what prompted this discussion. In the Stripe uh, dashboard app, okay. So when you tap on one of the rows, you get the Google Material Design ink ink drip right. effect. Um, Bryn's argument is that it's visual jewelry ornamentation. It doesn't actually add anything valuable or instrumental to the user's flow. Is it so bad to have that like visual ornamentation, even if it's not necessarily adding? anything instrumental? To- I'd say it's well, it's definitely adding something. I mean, it's a visual. It's it's feedback that you tapped it. Right? Which I mean, it ju- it con- it immediately jumps to what you like tap it for. <laughs> does, it go, does it immediately go, or does it just it goes? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a native app. This Eventually. is not web. Like right. this isn't a performance issue by any stretch. It's just like, yeah, it is nice, no doubt. There, I think they're taking advantage of the extra animations to preload that card. It's like when a four card comes in, they're buying themselves half a second, maybe. Um. So I like I like uh, they're loading a very small amount of data. It's not costing them And that's why it's really. like instant, yeah. If I've learned anything, I think the best design is, is stuff that's more stripped away. Um, but but see, app, apps are different. Um, and you, I would kind of, I, I think I would prefer that. I'd probably put that in if this was my app. I would like that. I think I'm on the same page as you. I would, I would, I would say, well, it's visual feedback, even if it happens right away. Um, maybe it's even a subconscious thing of like, oh yeah, I just have that. I know that I did. And honestly, that. the first time I used it, I didn't even notice it. So that's great. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that, it was that, subtle. It was, it's I mean, so it was subtle fine. that it, you know, it didn't. I didn't notice it until 
you and Sebastian were talking about it on Twitter. Well, maybe that's the point then is like, it's subtle enough that, that if you notice it subconsciously, then it's maybe adding to, to your experience, but it's not ornamentation to the sake of being distracting. Right. Those are the design details that I appreciate. Yes. Those, those are them. That's what I look for. Enough that it, that it's, you don't it's like notice what, it. It's like a movie when they say the name of the movie. <laughs> An air horn. Enough that you don't notice it. Right. So Bryn, you didn't notice it, yeah. but then when you do pay attention and Brian, maybe you're putting it on design details and you, and you're like, wow, look at all these great details in it that you notice that they're there. Those are, I, I do. I'm, I'm about that. Yeah. The sad irony is that I got the iOS nine beta and you're not allowed to record or put screenshots or up review or review it. So I can't really write any blog posts now. <laughs> I might have to borrow your phone. Just kidding. I'll get one. You can downgrade it. You can't go backwards? You can't. Really? You once, can't go backwards once you have and you a beta, did you that? can't go backwards. Really? Yeah. Dude, I've gone backwards from betas before. You can't like... Maybe you can. They yeah, say you, you can't. You have to back up your data and start over, basically. I'm just saying That's what Apple says. Do. They you say... like a, a hard can't. reset kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Maybe. You have to get out the DVD that came iCloud with it, will, and then you put your it iCloud self will be janked, for sure. Hold down option while you reboot. And you have to start up off of the DVD and then connect your phone. Yep. With Bluetooth, <laughs> you, you, you got to get a SCSI cable. You know, plug <laughs> no. that in. Just you don't know what SCSI cable are? Hard drive cable used is? to come. My first DVD burner was a SCSI. I mean, it was like big, fat, you know, and it would either have they like, like screws on the ends. Or oh screws. yeah, like old monitor things. Old monitor. No, things. It was that's bigger VGA. than a monitor. It was like four times as big that's as like VGA, right? Printers and shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, there's just kind of, there's things that, you know, like I said, I kind of grew up in the web through like an era that I felt like was, you know, maybe this is like classic cars or something. Guys are like, those were when they made great cars and now it's all just cheap Ford Tauruses. <laughs> so should we Trump call spoilers. this a Ford Taurus? <laughs> speaking, <With Trump's> of, <laughs> speaking of the reason, uh, like the move from, from that where things were actually like simpler in construction yeah. to now it's safety regulations. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, the cars have ballooned. Hmm. Can't have steel. Has to be plastic panels in certain points. Has to be uh, crunch panels. Right. So what do you think about, what do you think? Because I feel like the web is still very much wild west in that. Granted, nobody's going to die if they, if they use your website and you coded it poorly, but there's no, you can build whatever you want to and launch it. There's no regulation. You think at some point we'll have, so when healthcare.gov launched and then, and then flopped (laughs) pretty hard, I could in my mind picture like a Senate, design oversight committee being like that's you can't use that color of green on that button because we disapprove like could you imagine a a, a time when we are having to submit our designs to review to the state of california in order to get the site launched or something like that that's like the um like you have to get i mean the app store does a little bit of review but it's it's never based on like i mean that's because they don't want it's they don't so want to make their stuff look bad. Right. It's a little bit different, right? So Google, Google the Play Store, whatever you could do. That's like being anyway. a certified accountant, certified lawyer. You're saying design should be treated as a professional. Oh no, I'm not thing. saying. I'm saying that would be super scary. Right, right. right. But that's the hypothetical yeah. we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? You think it'll get to there? I hope not. It would be bad if nerds had had to go to college to be nerds. Yeah. Yes. I yeah, mean, I think it. I'm all for deregulation, right? Like, <laughs> it just put too much up uh, pressure on young kids who are 
wanting to explore and experiment and build right. apps. If you have to like, you guys don't remember, but people had to get like certificates in like Microsoft NT in order to get a job. It's like, those IT were dark person. times. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was totally dark times. I got a UX design certificate from Rutgers. Yeah. There I mean, go. I'm UX as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it changes too quickly. So I spent, I'll do some, uh, I've been doing guest lecturing at Cal Poly, which is down there in San Luis Obispo to these students who are, it's like, it's, it's like web 101 and a lot of them are, they're communication majors. And so some of them, uh, have an interest in graphic design or doing web and others, this is just a requirement or prereq for something. Um, but even so, like it, it, it changes so quick and we've got these academics who are teaching, you know, stuff that's just antiquated and, uh, my retirement plan is kind of is kind of to take my twenty or thirty years of practitioner experience and to start teaching these kids what it's really like out there. Um, but even so, I feel like when my kids graduate high school, if they have any interest in programming, college is is optional at that point because you you could just you could do fine, you know, by just getting out there and starting to work. I really feel like this is one of those few industries that you could just make you know, make it work for yourself and do it all without, if you've got the drive and if you know how to learn the resources are out there, you could learn whatever you want to and make a good living. When I dropped out of college, my parents thought I was like deciding to work at McDonald's for the rest of my life. Really? They thought I was straight up failing, but they don't, it's so new. There's yeah. no concept in their mind Absolutely. of like the fact, you know, and you know, I don't know how old your parents are or, or what they were doing financially, well, but you could be like mom, dad, I'm, 20 whatever and I'm, I'm making a killing you know and it, yeah. it doesn't compute to most people it's it's pretty i mean it's a, kind of a bubble here but um it's 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 very cool industry but our education system is, is doing it wrong it seems like online education is getting a little bit better but even so to produce stuff like treehouse or these other shops do um oh man treehouse is what like gave me the skills to really? do this right like straight so up. fundamentals are there those are those aren't really going to change but like if you just invested a ton in Angular and learning all about it, and now they're going to change the API in 2.0, you're like, well, I better jump over to React and get into that. And, it, you know. How do you how do you teach web development today when stuff like that happens? You could okay. so you I, design an, a curriculum on Angular, and the next year it's yeah. totally toast, right? You just wait. I feel like time. you have to teach the fundamentals, right? Because in any programming language, um, logic language, it's variables, if statements for loops mm-hmm. like there's all that stuff is kind of the same and those fundamentals exist and the same goes with web and with layout if you understand html and you understand position and floats and margins and how margins and padding like there's just a few things and you could build anything you want to you just have to be creative about it and so what i was complaining about earlier people aren't creative anymore and their layout stuff, they just they kind of know like, well, I just make three boxes, they're all thirty three percent, and they they're, they're boring. Put in a breakpoint with a hundred percent, and it's responsive. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> yeah. So I feel like if you learn those and understand those things, you you know, and, and so programming languages or CSS, there's just a few things to learn. And once you understand how they work, you could do whatever you want. You build whatever you want. Um, so I would I would really chase after the fundamentals. And once you understand them, you could go from, you know, Ruby to PHP to, I don't, I tried iOS 
and I, that's hard. <laughs> Swift is looking really appealing to me. Swift looks appealing. The syntax more looks appealing. like JavaScript. But when method names it. are like this long, you know, like it's it's they're, all intimidating. I don't know what's They're going on. very descriptive though, which is nice. They're very descriptive, but there's something where the, the correlation between an event, a click with a mouse and the logic that you write with that versus iOS where you're like, well, on click is anybody no okay is it on tap what's going this yeah. i haven't wrapped my head around it and i've done like i did sam's was that to do less execute yeah i went through yep. that and execute i was iOS. and i made it like halfway through and i was like okay but but it still it it, it still didn't click for me hmm. you know and maybe that's because i never had a formal programming education but i don't know if you guys have tried it but i feel like there's still the fundamentals right like you know what you want to do you're either serving up data or you're capturing data. You want to scrub that data, make sure it's clean before you put it in the database. You want to format it a certain way. And, you know, on the way out the same way, you take that data, you get what you need, you format it, display it how you want to. Like all those fundamentals are the same. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would go after is, is teaching the fundamentals and then let people dig into, you know, if you want to get niche and get into Angular, you know, here's how kind of the rules for that work. But the there's still the, there's still the same logic. We're all doing the same thing. Is Angular hot? Now? It was. I'm, it I'm was. too old to keep up. Mm. I think it's React now. It's React. I've heard a lot of t- people talking about Meteor as if that's oh, the future. Oh, Meteor is actually really nice. The just, future. I've never used it before. It's nice. I haven't used it. React Native sounds interesting. Is React a Facebook thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that'll be around for a while. That'll be around. Meteor just raised $20 million. For real? $20 million more. They've been, they raised money a while ago. Wow. So they're going to be around a I while. I didn't realize that at all. Yeah. I know Sasha Griff wrote a book about it, and that's mm-hmm. really all I knew about Meteor. No, you should check it out. Yeah. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Interesting. I do think JavaScript is the future. Yeah. So what's the, what's, the, what's the framework that will compile JavaScript into native Android, native iOS? React Native is getting close on the iOS side. Is it? Yeah. It's, I'm going to, someone's going to correct me. I believe. George, get in here. It's basically JavaScript with some iOS methods that compiles. You're writing JavaScript and it compiles to Objective-C. Right. Is the way I understand it and someone's going to correct me. But So I've heard there's something that d- will do. So to me, like JavaScript, which is ironic because when I started learning, everybody had it disabled. <laughs> like you can't write JavaScript. People have that turned off because pop-up windows. Yeah. You know, and so now I, I feel like that's, if you're going to go after a language, if you're going to try to dig into something, just do get into JavaScript. You could, you know, even if you're changing between frameworks that you're using, like that's really seems to be like the future of a lot of things, when especially started, if you could compile native on it. That's yeah. cool. When I started building web apps, it was all node. Like I was like, yeah, okay, I hear this is going to be like future proof. Like everyone's going to use node forever now. Uh-huh. Oh, future proof. Yeah. Good luck with that's that. That's a funny but word. It's fun. Like I love it. Node's still huge. We did the, yeah. M- it bold. We did the NPM redesign oh, wow. a while back. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Those guys are awesome, and and they they just keep growing like tons yeah, of traffic, tons of people using. NPM. Well, that's for Joint. Uh, I don't know. Who no, they NPM. split off. So NPM split off, and they raised money. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then IO and Node just joined back. Like IO split off because they wanted to be more community driven instead of Joint, and yeah. then now they just rejoined. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you see that logo stream on GitHub? Like all the issues. No. People were all drawing uh, oh. logos for IO, and it was incredible. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Link. Absolutely. All right. 
anything you want to uh, plug before you go? You're hiring someone or you're hiring. Uh, looking for party designers that create a market. Looking for somebody to pay me to do the news. I'll do the news. Mother read, Futon News. Mother I'll read Futon the Mother news. Futon News to you. Yeah. And uh, thought about periscoping it, but then I make too many mistakes and that mm. can't edit that. People mm. might like watching that. Might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought if I just wore like some kind of get up where I had a green screen mounted to my back. So as I walked <laughs> around, the green screen was always there. You know, just a little cardboard green screen, something. Still working on that idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. Well, anyone listening, go check out the Mother Futon News on YouTube. We'll have that in the show notes as well. Tell us if you want that as like a podcast or something. We'll figure yeah, out a I way could, to make it happen. If there's a way to do it. So I thought about kickstarting. Like maybe I kickstart just 10 episodes and then uh you know just enough to cover my time for like to make them pay for the guy who's how long did they take video. it probably takes two or three hours to do you know for like what a minute and a half two minutes three minutes of footage you know lots of screw-ups and then editing and then if you got to add like the little box with the little thing in it you know all right yeah. we'll link Sweet. in the show notes we'll see be cool to make something happen there again those are fun definitely awesome well thanks for coming on thanks for having me guys yeah appreciate it so uh 35 episodes down huh that was 35 thanks everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed this show if you did hit us up on twitter we're at design details fm we'd love to hear your thoughts our dm inbox is open and we would love to hear from you of course if you have a minute and you're on your phone or your computer rate us on itunes we really enjoy reading those ratings the star ratings help us move up in the charts every little bit counts so if you've enjoyed the show give us a rating hit us up on twitter at design details fm and before we go huge huge thank you to our awesome sponsors adobe and dropbox dropbox as you know is the best way for designers to safely store and share files on the web uh no matter what happens to your hardware if your computer breaks if you drop your phone in the water Uh, It doesn't matter. Your files are safe. All of your designs are safe. And even better yet, they're safe in a place that you can collaborate with other people on your team, whether they're designers or non-designers. Dropbox makes your life as a designer easier. It is an amazing product with an amazing team, an amazing design product, actually. So check them out. Go to dropbox.com. Thank you so much to Dropbox for supporting this episode of Design Details. And thanks again to Adobe for getting on board with us and supporting what we're trying to do because, I mean, they're like the, the granddaddy of all uh, design products. Like, they are. They're Grand- the granddaddy of all design products. Grandfather design, yep. Uh, wait, it's Weird Old Uncle Photoshop? Weird Old Uncle Photoshop. So Photoshop has been doing some amazing stuff just to make things better for designers and I mean, we can't appreciate that enough. Adding artboards, which is absolutely massive for people like me. Uh, I know Mark Edwards doesn't like artboards, but man, screw that guy. Adobe is doing some amazing things to make designing websites and mobile apps easier and faster with tons of updates to their stuff. It, they just launched some new stuff this week, which is incredible. And they're just, they know that people love using their tools for this stuff. And so they're just going after making it the easiest thing in the world for designers to, to use Adobe Creative Cloud like all of their tools if you're right? not on creative cloud get on it go to adobe.com huge huge thank you to adobe for making design details possible we really appreciate it we'll see you on monday with Mengto.